All right, everyone, welcome to the Buck Fever Podcast. I'm going to be your guest host tonight, Pat Colby, along next to the regular host, Noah Switz. And we've got a special guest on tonight. Um, we're talking walleyes today, specifically uh, Fox River, Green Bay, Wisconsin walleyes, and fresh off like yesterday type fresh, a super impressive performance, a walleye smackdown like crushed the rest of the tournament field by like nine or 10 pounds aim pro walleye series winner in the Wisconsin division. The first event of the year on the Fox river Bay, green Bay. We got my buddy, Matt Doro. How you doing, man? Good. Thanks for having me. You bet. You bet. So happy to have you here and, and congrats on your big win yesterday. Um, me and Matt have been friends for a long time now. Um, we actually met, way back uh, i don't know what year it was matt but we were coaching high school football together and we discovered like hey you like to fish you like to fish yeah i love to fish i love to fish too and pretty soon you know we're coaching football and then going fishing in the summer together and and sharing info and helping each other out um fishing a few tournaments together we actually bought our new boats i mean way that was way back in like 2014 but we bought our both of our boats at the same time from the same place um and we've remained really good friends throughout the years. So heading into uh, this tournament this this past weekend yesterday, uh, the conditions were not good to say that to say the least, right? You could say terrible, atrocious. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about what was going on and why those conditions were just not very good? Yeah, absolutely. Um, first of all, thanks, Pat, uh, for the intro. Um, no, he's been a blessing. I appreciate our friendships. You bet. <laughs> um, but yeah, the conditions were about as bad as you can get, I would say, for, for a river event. Um, we had a significant rainfall and a melt, a snow melt there. Obviously, everybody remembers that sweet two feet of snow that we had um, the previous weekend. Pat, you and I fished in a tournament actually in that <laughs> snowstorm. Yeah, nothing was, like getting 14 uh, inches of snow in your boat in about five <laughs> hours. Never oh, before yeah, and hopefully the, never again. <laughs> right, never again. So the conditions that, uh, that was probably the worst during tournament conditions I've ever fished in. Um, these conditions leading up to this tournament were, were not ideal uh, at all. So Saturday tournament partner tim wallach and i looked at the looked at the forecast we looked at the conditions we saw that the river um the usgs uh, site showed the turbidity over a 200 for the for their units uh, and that's significant um if you looked at the map or the chart on that there wasn't any events all year um from april 2nd of of last year to this year there was no events that high <laughs> so the river was absolutely chocolate milk <laughs> yeah it was crazy and i was actually hosting a, a, a wefa wisconsin interscholastic fishing association high school event on the same body of water on the fox river it was supposed to be on saturday but because of all the rain and wind and conditions i had it postponed to sunday so we're kind of shooting some information and and thoughts per se back and forth none of us really did any pre-fishing because of the how terrible it was out there um but the funny thing is is i I text you, Matt, and I'm like, hey, so what's the game plan for tomorrow? And you text me back, don't suck. That's the plan. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I would I would go far out on a limb and say you guys certainly did not suck on Sunday. You guys came in with forty point seven five pounds. Um, you and Tim, um, and bested the field by almost close to ten pounds. So, what happened when you guys woke up and got to the launch or having your pre-tournament discussions? Because I don't think you were totally sold on going out to the bay. Um, but maybe something happened there Sunday morning that made you guys decide to switch gears. Uh, you're right. Something did happen. I mean, we, we got the boat in the water and our plan was like you said, don't suck, but had nothing to go off of on, on Saturday, the day before the tournament, I took a drive over the tower drive bridge, you know, the tall one in green Bay. Uh, I looked out in university Bay and it was looked ice locked because we had a stiff North wind that day. It blew everything down from Okano all the way from there. Um, so I was concerned that you couldn't get out there. I was concerned the water temperature is going to be significantly colder in there. Um, I didn't know what we were going to do at all um, with the chocolate milk water in the river as well. That's why I didn't pre-fish. I figured it was not going to be even worth it. Um, so I put the boat in the water Sunday morning. We kind of looked around. We looked out on the bay. The sun was shining there uh, in that general direction some open water and we said let's see how far we can go we don't have anything on the river so it's not like we're gonna lose out on a spot yep right so i've got a, a question here one of the things when we go fishing in the summers and the conditions maybe start to turn a little bit um for the worse you get wind and rain and whatever and um my grandpa will always say it's a it's a good crappy chop that sometimes the fish might prefer those uh worst conditions is would you say there's anything to that or is it species specific i would say absolutely wind controls a lot especially on the bay the bay is humongously wind driven um more often than not you're gonna have a better day fishing walleyes especially on the bay with the chop hmm. yeah, yeah also very uh water temperature driven as well especially out when you get into the bay right that Usually anytime you get a north wind, it's uh, not good when it comes to the Bay of Green Bay. But, you know, Sunday morning woke up and we had a south wind. It had switched sometime overnight or early in the morning and, and had blown that ice out just enough for you guys to get out there, huh? It, it blew a crack in the ice. <laughs> <laughs> you believe it? Uh, we, we split two ice heaves to get there. No kidding. Wow. We basically took a, a, a river seam in between two ice shoves to get there. <laughs> oh, we weren't the only ones, on, but uh, uh, there were some other boats that gave us confidence that we were making the right choice. But um, that's where we wanted to be even before we knew the conditions were bad. If the, if the river wasn't chocolate milk, we would have still been out there if sure. the ice wasn't if the ice wasn't a problem we that's where we wanted to be yeah well we i fished to... yeah i was in the river and the bait it took about a quarter of an inch below the surface and it was gone uh it didn't not, didn't matter what type of bright fire tiger or what colors you had on uh less than an inch of visibility it was pure chocolate milk you had to bop the fish in the nose <laughs> to get them to bite and that's the reason my boat only caught two fish on Sunday. yikes but, man two might even considering the conditions you might be right. somewhat okay with that i mean <laughs> doesn't sound uh doesn't sound too fun out there but can we talk just a little bit about what this tournament is then i don't know if you want to 
go into any detail there? Sure. So it's uh, an AIM Weekend Walleye Series. Um, they put on a catch, record, release format tournament, and they have, I think, four divisions now in the country, in the Midwest. They've got uh, Minnesota, Wisconsin, um, I think North Dakota, right, Pat? Yep, I believe so. And Rivers Division that they just started this year. So that'll be, you know, your major river systems in that in those areas. Um, rivers only, though. So like you said, it's a, a catch photo release format then? Exactly. So, and, so, and they do that basically so that you don't have to catch the fish then? It gets to go back and swim on? Well, you don't have to keep it in the and worry about it in the live well right. and whatnot and, and beat fish up all day and, and bring them to a live weigh-in. So all these, yeah, Matt, can you go through it just a little bit? Explain to us like what it is, how it works, um, and then also like just how you and your partner Tim handle the, those different responsibilities in the boat on tournament day when it comes to CPR. Absolutely. So um, basically the, the format, like you said, is catch photo release. Um, you obviously got to catch the fish first. Um, then you're, t- you're putting the fish on a certified handed out measuring board. Um, you're taking a picture of the fish with the nose on the, on the face of the bump board and your tail, uh, obviously marking where you're measuring it to take a picture of that. Then you pick it up, you hold it for the camera, hero shot, show the opposite side of the fish to the camera, take a second photograph, and that in this format, you release the fish at that point right down your length. That length converts to a, a weight or a, a weight with a chart. Everybody's given the same chart, and uh, that's how you score your fish. Would you say? Um, go ahead. So I, yeah, so in in my boat, handled the the measuring of the fish so i handle the fish tim takes the photos every single fish each of us do that we handle that responsibility so that one of us doesn't forget to do something that way you keep track of your minor details i'm keeping track of where the fish is on the board i'm reading the length tim's all he's got to focus on is taking a clear photograph on both sides that way we all handle our responsibilities he writes down the score i throw the fish back i start untangling the net and all whatever that you got to handle at that point so we can all get back to fishing it's more efficient if everybody handles one job instead of trying to figure out multiple jobs oh that makes a ton of sense that seems like you would avoid a lot of uh problems that way i was just gonna um just gonna ask if that was a, a preferable method the catch photo release versus having to keep them alive and and take them in or do you have a preference there I actually like both formats personally. Um, there's there's positives and negatives to both of them, in my opinion. Um, I really like the the traditional weigh-in of a of a you know a live weigh tournament. There's a lot of excitement there. You get to see the fish. You get to you know everybody's celebrating. There's that ooh and ah when somebody holds up a big one out of the tank. Um, but I I also see negatives on that as well. You know you're handling these fish so much. You're beating them up. I beat them up running across Lake Winnebago on a rough day, mm-hmm. you know, you try to get as much fishing time in as possible. So you're stretching yourself and you're across two footers going 45 miles an hour. That gets, that beats them up real bad. So, um, obviously you're not transporting fish with a catch record release format. You're, you're letting them go right away. And a, a fantastic benefit to the catch record release is that you can't cull in the state of Wisconsin. So you get to upgrade, you catch your five, and you don't have to make any decisions. You put it on the card if you catch it. And then once you get your fifth fish, you start upgrading. And 
we had five on Sunday. All of them were under 24 inches, our first five. And then that sixth fish was that 28. So that was, that was massive. I mean, that's a huge upgrade. If, if you keep those first five just to keep your first five because you know conditions were bad, we might have cashed a check, but we wouldn't want the dang thing. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. That, all good points there. Like uh, I, I have also fished in both formats and, and take to both of your points. You know, the, the, the true way in bring fish to the scales, it, it has its own excitement and whatnot, but then its own troubles, you know, you catch one in the first 10 minutes and now you're like, Oh my God, I got to try to keep this fish alive for the next seven or eight hours. And then, you know, it's going to get beat up all day out there. Um, or, you know, with the no call rules, you got to make decisions on, should I keep it? Should I not? Mm -hmm. Um, this aim format or CPR format allows kind of truly the best angler to win, right? Like the guy that's truly had the best day, like they can even fish, I believe on systems and, and avoid slot limits and stuff like that as well. Cause you're just measuring the fish and putting them back. And, and you've seen some massive weights come out of Green Bay because of this format. You know, you're seeing 55, 57-pound bags. I wouldn't be surprised if a 60 pops up in the next few years. Wow. There's ridiculous there. So I know Colby kind of wants to get into some of, the, uh, some of the big ones here eventually, but I want to ask, what is, like, the average? If you could come up with, like, an average walleye that you could expect to catch out there, length weight what would you say uh i guess in a tournament you're targeting that 25 26 inch range okay uh, if if it's if it's a live weight tournament you're probably trying to put that six pounder in the box as as much as you can if you're going to a live weight tournament you want that 35 pound range if you're gonna if you're gonna do some damage 30 35 is gonna get you up there if you can if you can tag 40 you you got the right fish at the right time absolutely yeah so let's 40 pounds in a no go ahead finish that out 40 pounds in a catch record release is a respectable a bag but uh you start getting in the summertime you're gonna see mid 50s yeah it's really crazy some of the weights that we've seen out there on the bay of green bay um so let's dive into the kind of your day in this in the aim tournament you mentioned your first five fish of the day you guys had 13 walleyes on your card um for the day but your day did start out with 18 a 20 incher 20 and three quarters couple 21s in that range um did you get those five fish right away or did you kind of have to uh how'd your morning start out um well actually we decided to start casting first just because we wanted to i i, I we didn't pre-fish so i didn't want to get in anybody's way so we decided to kind of just pick a spot kind of away from everybody a little bit just i I got the active target on my trolling motor now, so I was kind of scanning around. Tim was using his live imaging to scan around and just see what we could see. Um, and we just wanted to get a feel for what everyone else was doing, what the fish were doing, how they were set up, and just kind of see what was going on. Um, I tried a handful of lures, blade baits, ripping wraps, that sort of thing. Um, Tim had a hair jig and some plastics on as well, and we just didn't really get any reactions. I think actually the first fish that we caught was a sheephead. Tim goes, oh, I got one. It's a good one. <laughs> he pulls it up. I'm kidding me right now. <laughs> Sheep out of 35 degree water. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So um, we noticed in our, in our live imaging that the fish just weren't reacting to our baits. They weren't chasing. They weren't really doing anything. So we said, it, it's time to just put the baits in the water and leave them there. 
and just soak them and see what happens. We'll, we'll try going slow. We'll try going fast and see what, see what they like. We'll just cover some water and, and see what happens. Um, as you can see, it worked out, but, uh, so you decided to, to go trolling then is what you're saying, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. We did decide to go trolling and we had a slew of baits on to start with, but it narrowed down pretty quick. So what time did those first, you know, five fish start to or come in for you? What time did you get the first one in the boat at? Um, I think we caught the first one on the first pass through. We started making a figure eight in a, in a pretty tight area, a couple hundred yards. We had to navigate around guys who were casting and other guys who were trolling similar water. Um, but we found out that uh, there was one pocket of warm water. So most of the water was like 36 degrees. Okay. One pocket, 38. And we noticed that that's where we were catching our fish. Hmm. We just started doing figure eights around that spot. And we didn't catch anything outside of those, that 38 degree water. How big a area in terms of like 100 yards or whatever quarter mile how big an area would you say this 38 degree water was not the first when i first when we first found it i thought it was like yards by 50 yards <laughs> i thought it was small because we would get through it it would be there and gone and um after we kind of did a little bit of cruising around um, we went a little bit northeast and we clipped it again different spot tim called out that hey it's that temperature water is relating to a dirty water seam we found there was a little bit more stained water getting pushed into a, a bay the, the wind or the current or whatever the mechanics of the water the way it was working there was kind of a separation between that this warm water was creating between the two water clarities that the way i figure it at least I don't claim to be an expert on hydraulics, but um, found out that that 38 degree water was following that dirty water right off the edge of it. Drove right on the edge of it. The fish were littered on the side scan. Huh. So we held her right. We just literally drove back and forth on that dirty water seam once we figured that out. Where we picked up our last five fish, the, the 326s and the 25. That's a that's a crazy minute detail that yeah I'll tell you what the average Joe angler isn't <laughs> probably even paying attention to that more or less figuring that out. Um, so awesome, kudos to you guys for for dialing in on that detail. Um, so then, you know, those first five are under twenty four inches, and then that six fish hits the card, and she's a hog, right? She's twenty eight <laughs> inches. That's the game changer fish. Holy cow, we're in the ball game. This is what you need to win a tournament. Tell us about that fish, and I'm sure the uh, excitement that was going on in the boat when you guys landed that. Fish could have got – that was a 50-50 fish. Pat, I don't know if you ever called them that, but that's what I'm calling this one is a 50-50 <laughs> fish. And what I mean by that is that sucker hit on the outside board on all three lines in. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it hit on the outside board, and then I go, oh, we got a double. No, it wasn't a double. It was that other fish, that same fish on both those lines. And oh, then all God. of a sudden, the third line got it. <laughs> I, I would say that's way less than 50-50 getting that fish. I'd say the odds are not good <laughs> of that fish staying hooked. Less than good. Um, so uh, 
Tim reeled in most of the fish just because there were so many other anglers around and icebergs that we needed to dodge. So uh, I would hand the rod to him if I picked it up. And that way, I, you know, I could focus on driving and navigating, and making sure we weren't going to hit anybody or ruin someone else's day. In those circumstances, when there's that many people around, I really try to be as respectful as possible. Sometimes you, you know, lose it a little bit just because you can't focus 100%. But uh, I did the best I could. Uh, anyway, while I was navigating and trying to manage those lines and all that stuff, there were there were some eyes on us because we were a little bit hectic. <laughs> <laughs> it got a little crazy there. Um, I saw that fish for the first time. My heart sank because there were three lines on it. By it, I think there were two lures in it or near it. <laughs> I, I was yeah. trying to assess the situation by also trying to figure out if I could net it or not. And I was using my uh, kind of janky net where it didn't want to extend all the way. And I didn't have time to reach for the other one. <laughs> we had two nets, by the way, because we had a couple triples yesterday. Anyway, <laughs> um, first net job was a botch job. I missed it. I It was in and out. And by the grace of God, the hooks didn't get stuck in the basket. So there's out. just all, you know, you ever see those like ESPN when you're on the game, like the live game, game feed and they got the odds of winning, like your spike is going down, down, down yeah. the odds of landing this fish. Just, it keeps diving. Like it might've started 50, 50, but now she's like mm -hmm. 40, 30, 20, the odds of Matt and Tim landing this huge 28 inch fish, it's diving down, but you guys get it in the boat. We did. I mean, the second net job was successful. The tail was a little bit sketchy getting in the hoop, but we got it in. And uh, I went from going, oh, with, after missing the first net job to, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, there was a little bit of cheering and uh, high-fiving, a little bit of celebrating after that when we got in the boat and hit the deck because uh, neither of us realized exactly how big it was until it got in the boat. Sure. Um, but yeah, that one went 28 inches, and I we didn't weigh it just because you got other things on your mind when you're tournament fishing. But uh, I would say all in nine and a half pounds. What time of day did that one come at? Uh, 10, 10:30, somewhere in that range. So at that point, are you thinking like we need two more really good ones to be in the running for this thing, or are you thinking like we're we're gonna need four more like this? That's a great question. Uh, my thought process was, first of all, holy crap, I can't believe that happened. <laughs> uh, second of all, yeah, uh, my thought was, okay, we need two over 25 to do something here. We need at least two over 25 because we had a 23 on the card. We can get two over 25. You know, we'll do some damage. But, boy, uh, the, ne <laughs> the next two weeks. Next two we got out after that were also upgrades, but they were like 21, 22 inches. So we were we were happy that we were still upgrading. We got that 18 incher off the card, which at the time was humongous for us. That was a massive upgrade. Right. And then uh, the last five fish on your card. <laughs> I mean, this is a banner day, like when the conditions are good, right? But 28 and three quarter, 26, 25 and a half, which didn't even make your top five, 26 and 26 and a quarter now that had to have been a pretty darn good feeling 40.75 pounds did they what how, how 
did they come in a flurry? Did they just did you just kind of peck those off as the the because you guys you guys got to fish till about two thirty three o'clock? Yeah, we fished till uh, yeah about that. Like I think we left at ten to three. Started picking up. Just we had a three fifteen check in. Uh, we knew there possibly could be some icebergs, so we wanted to take our time getting in. But yeah, that was we. Let's say there were a couple flurries and a couple of pecking away. Sure. Um, we had, like I said, we had a triple on. Uh, one of those was a 25 and the other was a 28 and three quarters, I think it was, or a 26, something like that. I, did I send you the picture of the triple on the floor? Yeah, yeah, yep. <laughs> it's like a good <laughs> looking was... picture. It was was anything, uh, you, you talked about running that line and staying in that temperature zone. Was anything else like consistent, like certain feet behind the board, certain color? certain lure type and you don't need to tell the lure type or anything you know color i'm sure you're okay with because that changes from day to day but um anything that you guys dialed in in your trolling pattern to to keep that day going absolutely um our first your first fishing that more near shore water doing the figure eights before we figured out that dirty water seam um we were fishing a little bit shallower is like six seven eight feet and we were running our, our stick baits is what we figured out. We started out with, you know, a little bit of everything just because we hadn't pre-fished. We didn't know what to use. But we caught two on stick baits and said, uh, all right, sticks, all of them. Pull them out. Pull everything off sticks only. And uh, bigger size stick baits, we weren't running them that far back, putting them maybe six feet down, six feet back when we first started. It was kind of where that sweet spot was, 30, 35. Um, but then once we figured out that dirty water seam, it kind of took us out into deeper water. So we kind of stayed out there, not much deeper, just a foot, maybe two feet at the most. We were in that eight, nine and a half feet in that range. Um, so we just, we dropped our baits down a little bit when we were out there. So, sure. um, we, we had a couple fish hit on a baits that were 40 feet back instead of 30, you know, so just a little bit lower. Um, but yeah, so, um, they, they wanted bright colors. We had, uh, pink lemonades and, uh, fire tiger, another green type of bait. Those are the ones that caught the fish. So I saw Tim in a, a shout out to Tim Wallach here, our buddy as well. Um, he was bragging up that, Hey, we just, we caught them on stock colors. You don't need any of those expensive <laughs> customs. And he was pretty fired up about that. Yeah, so um, it was all stock colors. Yep, exactly. Um, the only custom bait that went on, that went out behind the board, uh, ended up stuck in a fish's mouth, and they're still swimming around out there. <laughs> <laughs> so just or it got egged in a rock pile or something. Right, <laughs> right. So as like a general uh, tournament strategy question, then is that kind of is that the strategy? You just kind of figure out what's working as quickly as possible and then try and stick with it until it stops working. Absolutely. I'm a hundred percent believer in that. If, if you figure something out, even if it's the smallest detail, run with it. If you catch one fish doing it, try to do it again. If you can do it again, do it a third time. You got a third time switch to that completely. Don't change it. Don't mess with it. 
once you got it figured out, don't don't mess with it. And would you say just because something worked, like for example, this tournament, just because you figured out those details and that that worked, then you know next time around it's probably going to be something different. Yeah, that's the fun thing about fishing is every time you go out, it's different. Now you can a lot of times you can replicate uh, within a week, maybe two, but once you get outside of that the fish either move or their moods change or they're sliding out deeper or they're eating something different. That's the best thing about fishing right there. It's always different. Yeah, absolutely. I, I To touch on your, uh, I think, I don't know who's coined it, but I, I believe like we've had this conversation before going off those, you know, what makes you stick with something. It's like, I think the saying we've kind of always had is, you know, the first time it's luck, second time it might be a theory, and then third time, all right, if we've caught that third fish on the same lure doing the same thing, now it's a pattern, and now it's time to switch multiple baits to the to the same thing. So, yeah, good good exactly point right. with that. Um, go ahead. Where do we want to go here? So, so, yeah, so now you guys are driving back to the launch end of the day, <laughs> 40.75 pounds, like, what are you guys feeling driving back to launch? Did you feel like this is good enough? Or are you like, man, did other guys crush them like this? Are you thinking you got this in the bag? Uh, you had to have been feeling confident about your, you would have a top finish. We felt pretty good. Uh, traditionally in that tournament, in the AIM Fox River tournament, if you have over 40, you're either winning it or top two. We were pretty excited about that, but I'll tell you what, there were some absolute stud fishermen out there in that area. Absolute hammers, guys who pull 50 in the summer, guys who regularly cash checks, top 10s. So I knew we had our work cut out for us, uh, and I knew that there were some guys out there that were just, they were going to do it. If if anyone could do it, it was those guys. And I so we came in, and I was like, Tim, I – I'm very confident we're going to top 10. I know we're going to cash a check at 40. I'm sure we're going to win it, but I think we got a good shot. Well, you guys had quite the shot because you ended up winning this event by over nine pounds, right? Um, yeah, on a day when uh, many struggled. I mean, like you said, there are some absolute hammers and hell of a lot of good sticks in this AIM walleye series. Um, we know a lot of the guys, and I think there were like 33 zeros. Am I right on that? Like 30, 100 boats in the field, and I think I saw it was either 23 or 33 zeros, but you just don't ever see that out of an aim field. Um, I think that just just because of the talent of the anglers, that just show, goes to show how terrible these conditions were out there. But um, you guys certainly did a lot better than uh, the old don't suck it up plan. Uh, <laughs> best in the field by 9 or 10 pounds, but it's – it's been crazy. All the, all the little minute details and, and stuff that you hit on. I mean, that's what it takes in these tournaments. Um, and that's what these good anglers are doing is they're paying attention to all these, you know, two degrees in water temperature or, you know, switching all your baits to one style or, you know, switching from 33, you know, 30 feet back to 40 feet back. It, it, it's those little details that separate, you know, an average day to a good day to a great day to a tournament winning day. So, Again, congratulations, Matt, and, and your partner, Tim, on one heck of a day and a big win there on the Fox. Appreciate that. So something I probably should have asked a little bit sooner there, but you said there's only 
a hundred boats in that. How, how do you get into the tournament? I'm assuming it's not anybody who wants to can just get in. That one's an open. Oh, it is. You can sign up for that. Yep. Gotcha. Okay. That series, that series is open. Anyone can fish those. Sweet. And I'm sure that AIM would be happy to hear that uh, uh, if, if anyone wants to join it, by all means, jump in. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I didn't know if that was one that was like an invite situation or something like that, but interesting. There's only, only one in the NTC you can buy in, can't you, Pat? I think there's something with an invitation part of that. Right? I believe so. So, like, uh, what's in store for the rest of spring? I mean, I feel like, you know, we're talking by the time this airs, we're, you know, approaching Easter. Typically, this week into April, like, the fox has kind of run its course. And whether people are cashed out from just going up there all the time or they want to go to new waters, you start to see a lot of people going to, you know, up to Peshtigo, O'Connell, Menominee, Sturgeon Bay or they're filtering back to their home waters, like around the Wolf River, Winnebago system, maybe the Wisconsin River, stuff like that. But I think with our weather and how cold it's been and the, how low the water temps have been, you could arguably say the best is yet to come on the Fox. And we're already into the first week of April. What are your thoughts on that? 100% agree. Um, all but one of the fish we caught. I would say our free spawn fish. I mean, we might've caught a couple males where they're hard to tell. Right. Um, but the females that we caught were all but one was pre free spawn. Still, we had one skinny 24 incher. I think that didn't even make the cut. Um, that was the only noticeable post spawn fish that we saw yesterday. And that's, that's on the bay under ice in 38 degrees when typically, you know, your walleyes are spawning that mid 40 degree water the rivers that same water temperature it hasn't gotten much over 40 this year yet there's a there's a handful of fish that are yet to do their business and they're not they're not done yet <laughs> i would say give it another week and a half two weeks and you'll start seeing mostly post spawn fish sure yeah i mean like like you touched on there usually i've seen and heard the same thing is usually mid like that 44 45 46 degree water temp is what they prefer to spawn in and our weather even like this week and looking into next week it's like riding a roller coaster like what was it today in the 50s and then tomorrow it's down in the 30s and then it's back up again and then it's back down it's we can't get this consistent warm-up to get that water temp up in those mid 40 degree ranges so i think there's a just i think there's a ton of fish in the river and I think the bite would have been really good this weekend had it we not been fishing in chocolate milk because they were all over the, you know, the side scan and and all over the graphs. But um, once that water clears up and the temperature warms up, I definitely think uh, there's still some really good fishing to be had on the Fox River. Can you talk about some of your favorite ways to catch them while you're in the river on the Fox in the spring? Absolutely. Uh, <clears throat> I like to fish whatever way the fish bite, to be honest with you. Uh, I, I troll, I cast, I, you know, do whatever it takes. If the fish bit on bobbers in the river, I'd do it, but it'd probably be challenging. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah. Um, you know, we, we casted blade baits, ripping wraps, jigs and plastics, jigs and minnows, well, vertical jig, all of those things as well. Um, I like casting crankbaits in shallow water. 
Um, I'll troll the flats. Uh, all kinds of different stuff at them. That's probably one of my favorite times of the year to fish because you can catch them doing just about anything. How long do you try a certain technique or a certain lure or whatever before you give up on it? Like, do you know within 10 minutes this isn't going to be it? Do you give it an hour or two? How long do you give something like that? Good question. Uh, at times, I cycle through pretty fast. Um, if you're on a lot of fish, especially if you see other people catching them and you know the bite window's open, um, I'll cycle through even faster. But if you don't see a whole lot of people catching and you know there's fish there, maybe stick with it a little bit longer than uh, than a quick turn. But yeah, I would 100 percent agree with that. Like like you said, if people around you are catching fish and you're not, then it's time to start cycling through the baits. Um, but if it looks like it's tough for people around you, then I want like what I feel most confident in my hand. Right? Would you agree, Matt? Whether whether you feel most confident with a blade bait or a, a jig and minnow or a rip and wrap or whatever, if it's tough, just put what you're confident in, in your hand and stick with that until you can start to figure something out. Absolutely. Yeah. Once you, once you kind of figure it out, then, you know, dial it in a little bit. But, uh, important thing is, is that you're by fish. If anything else, if you're around fish, uh, can start kind of figuring out what kind of bait you got to use you know that's the old was the al linder came up with that equation fish plus structure plus bait equals catching or something like that yeah structure isn't necessarily a rock pile or a weed bed it can be a water temperature seam or a, a sandy flat on a sunny day you know something that's holding the fish that's always the question um, when you're out and you're not catching anything it's like do you give it another five minutes do you just head out you know, how long do you, how long do you give a, a certain spot even before you switch it up? I suppose if there's boats around you that are catching it, you know, they're there, but if the bite's tough, you know, that's always, always the question for us is when do you, when is it time to move on? That is the never ending <laughs> question that every fisherman battles, right? Is how long do you uh, give a spot, especially cause a lot of us have, you know, you know, 20, 30 spots in the back pocket that we want to go check, but uh, yeah. How do you come up with that? Cause I haven't figured it out yet, Matt, how long to give a spot before you, uh, either bail or hang in there for the rest of the day. Especially on the river, you know, you got the 20, 30 spots that, and you're always cycling through them in your mind, trying to figure out which one's the best one. And, um, quick, a little experience that I had personally, uh, fishing the very first green Bay walleye series event with my dad, um, day before, uh, or two days before it was a really strong snowstorm, not as big as we had last weekend or two weekends ago, but similar to that. Um, day after the snowstorm, I went out, whacked a couple 28s in a, in a spot that Pat and I really like being in. Um, so I told dad, well, that's where we're going tomorrow. Um, we went there, uh, the river was nearly as dirty as it was this past weekend. And we got there and the fish were there, but we couldn't do anything with it. Uh, dad hooked one, uh, lost it at the side of the boat. I had a smaller fish. I let it shake off because I said, we're not going to need that. We ended up scoring one 24-incher um, <clears throat> that whole day. And actually, noon, maybe 1 o'clock, I panicked. And I said, let's go find something else. These fish aren't biting. 
and uh, guess who was sitting there watching me fish uh, most of the morning? Uh, <laughs> your your host guy there, Pat. It's <laughs> all fun fishing with some uh, some kids from his uh, high school team. Yeah, and I was being respectful and letting you just have the spot, right? Because uh, I didn't want to take anything away from left. you. But then you left, and I said, "All right, it's fair game. I'm going in there." And then we kind of semi wailed on him a little bit <laughs> you said you caught a 28 a 26 25 and i said you gotta be kidding <laughs> yeah just it didn't fire till the afternoon and that was just an example of like just fish in their funky bite windows and it just happened to be and the afternoon in that spot so the worst part of it all is that the the big fish that i had caught pre-fishing and leading up to that were all in the afternoon and I didn't even think about it during the day. I just got, I got in my head, I panicked and, and we left to find fish when we were already on them. So we should have just stuck it out, rode it out the whole day, said, we're going to grind this spot because I know they're here. Uh, and that's, that's the mentality that Tim and I had. Once we figured it out, we, once we caught that first five fish, we said, we said, we're doing this all day, all day. It doesn't matter what happens. If we don't catch any more fish, we're just going to keep doing this because you never know. You never know if you stick a 30 incher that could change your whole day. Yep. The old adage, you don't leave fish to go find fish. And sometimes you just got to stick it out. But yeah, that's the never ending question is for all anglers, especially tournament ones is, you know, how long do you give a spot or well, what to leave? And yeah. And we've said a couple times now, this bite window, I don't know if you want to talk about that a little bit, like what that is and kind of what might affect that. The, People like to think that the, the fish generally bite two times a day and you got to be there for those times. And usually it's about a 15, 20 minute time period. Um, I think there's a lot to be said about that, but I also think that there's a lot to be said about fish bite, no matter what, you just got to be in the right spot at the right time, which I mean, that kind of plays into the whole bite window thing, but well, I wouldn't say we had a bite window on Sunday and the fish just bit there and we put the bait in their face and they ate it didn't all smash it i don't think we had a single bait buried in a gut or anything like that a couple of tail hookers that gave us a little heart attack trying to net them too but <laughs> yeah every situation is kind of different sometimes it's based on time of year weather pattern where fish are at, where fish are at in that particular system and yeah, bite windows. Some days they're some days they bite all day and other days, man, like you said, it's they only bite twice and it's for short 15, 20 minute periods and you gotta be there in the right place, right time. Uh that's what just makes this thing so fun, right? It's trying to figure that all out <laughs> on each on any day that you're going out there fishing. Sometimes you don't know when that bite window is. You know, traditionally the bite windows are dawn and dusk, but sometimes it's gonna be at ten thirty. Sometimes it's going to be at one o'clock. You don't know. Yeah, that's crazy. Like uh, I fish the Winnebago system a lot and, you know, a lot of people would say dawn and dusk and I would say, give me from 10 o'clock to two o'clock and I'll take the middle of the day is when I have caught my best fish on that system. And there's a lot of lakes where that's definitely not the case. Mm -hmm. Notice it's a little condition change sometimes too. Where if it's cloudy all day and the sun pokes out for a brief moment, the fish will snap real quick. Or if it's been sunny all day and a little bit of cloud cover rolls in with, and starts blowing a little wind, they'll start snapping. I've, I've had that too. 
hundred percent walleyes are so finicky like that and it can work both ways right like it can fire the bite for you or she can shut down real quick just because that sun poked out behind the clouds or just because now there's a little ripple on the water and for whatever reason it turns them all off but yeah um let's uh shift gears a little bit um last year as well you're kind of on a little bit of a semi-roll here but towards the end of the i believe this was in august last year on a different event on Green Bay, you won the Sheboygan Walleye Club, put this on, right? The Battle on the Bay. Um, you right. won that event and qualified yourself for the 2023 Cabela's National Team Championship, which is coming up in late May, I think, on the Bay of Green Bay, of all places, right here on your home water. So can you touch a little bit on that event coming up? Um, who are you fishing with? What are some of your expectations for that event? Um leading up into that i believe that's at the end of may right matt yeah it's it's uh june first second third i believe okay so, yeah, yep. end of may. first part of june there biggest team tournament in the country right or biggest purse biggest purse per se purse absolutely um yep i qualified that in the battle on the bay event this year um i'll be fishing with the partner that i fished that event with uh, kyle jose um really excited for that one i've never fished anything so big um and with it's i mean you're gonna have the best walleye anglers from across the country fishing in that thing it's gonna be be intimidating right <laughs> uh i'm gonna go into it with the same mentality that tim and i went into the same tournament why not us why not me why not me and kyle why not go fish see what happens let the chips fall where they may that's right so this this tournament teams have to qualify for right it's it's teams that win events from across the country and various different tournament circuits and they can win a bid into this cabela's national team championship and there's uh some big time prize money on the on the line right like the winners take home like a 20-foot ranger boat i'm thinking yeah winners get a boat it's wow. uh it's a pretty major major event it's a three-day event too um so you gotta you gotta qualify to fish day three though. I think was it top twenty five only fish day three out of three hundred. It's a it's a major cut, but um, consider that top twenty five all American status. Yeah, and this so this event cool. I believe is going to be running out of uh, Marinette um, in the Menominee River, but. What are the boundaries or restrictions you guys have for this event? Where can teams all go? Is the entire bay open? Um, I haven't looked at the complete specific details on that yet. Um, I believe to there's a I know there's a specific line drawn across the north end from probably the just south of the Ford River area across to um, Peninsula State okay. Park. It's maybe it's to a, a different point between uh, two bays to knock, <clears throat> something like that. They don't want you going too far north. There's a significant chunk of water that's available to fish. Uh, there's plenty of room for 300 boats, that's for sure. What do you expect in terms of tactics? Do you think you're going to see a little bit of everything? Everybody uh, trying some trolling, pitching jigs, uh, glide baits, all that stuff? I think uh, you're going to see a lot similar to what, what Tim and I experienced on, on Sunday. <clears throat> you're going to have a lot of guys casting. 
uh, even if they're on flats, and you're going to have a lot of guys trolling around them. So if you've got a, a big tournament like that, how many days would you expect to be pre-fishing that to try and figure it out ahead of time? Um, that one I'm expecting to take uh, just about a week to try to figure it out. I'm gonna I'm shooting for six days. We'll see if I fish all of them. I, I'm I'm pretty confident there's gonna be a few blow days mixed in there. <laughs> uh, but that's what I'm shooting for. Yeah, that's gonna be a super exciting event here right in our backyard on the Bay of Green Bay world class fishery and and I would assume we're gonna see some pretty gigantic weights. The only thing that could throw a, a dagger in that would be the weather, but I think there's gonna be some incredible sticks fishing that. Um it should be super competitive and fun to see and Certainly, we wish you the best of luck, Matt, and I'm sure I'll find my way into your boat to do a little pre-fishing um, <laughs> ahead of that. But uh, to wrap this thing up, any other tournaments? Uh, are you fishing the rest of the AIM series or any other plans, fishing plans you're looking forward to uh, as summer comes? I'm, I'm fishing the Sheboygan Walleye Club series. So uh, <clears throat> I'm, I've been fishing that one, the full series, for two years now. Um, We've improved our point status the last couple of years. I'm looking to break in with my partner, Mark Schramm. Uh, we're looking to break into the top 10 this year in the team of the year points. So um, we want to have a good showing. Our first event is the, the weekend following Easter, and that's on the Wolf River. Um, I always struggle out there. That one's, that one's an enigma to me, uh, but I'm determined to try to figure something out this year. I, we got to get five fish on our card regardless of how big they are yeah that can then, always uh, be a really challenging time of year <laughs> for sure it can be crowded and the fish can be really really touchy but um so fish that event or those events i've got uh and my title for battle on the bay in august <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh that's uh, and then the NTC. Other than that, I think I'm trying to load up too much this year, even though it seems like a lot. Is there any? I'm sure there is any uh, inching or inkling in you that you want to fish the next aim event because you're first for team of the year right now. <laughs> you know that you're not the first person that said that today. Uh, <laughs> The, my, my tournament partner, Tim Wallach, he said that uh, not too long ago. Um, he asked the same question, and uh, I, I did a little phone interview with uh, the AIM tournament guys earlier today, too, and, and you said the same thing. Are you going to fish the rest of the series? You're, you're t first in team of the year right now. <laughs> I said, well, we'll see. <laughs> sure, I, I know, sure. When's their next one? Uh, well, it's the weekend after my Wolf River event from Sheboygan Walleye Club. So I think 20-something. 20 20-something. 20 yeah, that one. Uh, well, that's another one. That one's out of Winnick County, so that's another Wolf River event. I don't know if I can do two Wolf River events back-to-back. -back. <laughs> right, two, two of those events back-to-back -back in April. That'll challenge a guy. That's a lot, for sure. I, there's some there's some big monster fish calling my name up on the bay yet that uh, I'd like to go fun fishing for with like the zero stress situation. So you can pick anywhere in the state, in the country, out of country. I don't care. 
where is the best place to go for fish on Friday night? Yeah. Yeah. I I got I grew up in Fond du Lac. I got a soft spot for Wentz. There you go. <laughs> yeah, they've gotten a couple I, of shout outs here, especially oh, yeah. with sturgeon spearing. Honestly, I, I've had fish a lot of places. I lived in Indiana for a while. They don't really know what a fish fry is down there, <laughs> but they try. Then <laughs> holds a candle to Wentz, in my opinion, unless you're making it at home. Well, that's good to hear. I guess I don't have to go too far then to get the get some of the best fish around that's right that's right out the back door for you here mm-hmm. nice man uh well matt and your partner tim congratulations on again again on the the win this week and i really enjoyed this conversation uh thanks for filling us in on some of those details um and kudos on figuring those small minute details out and and, and putting up such an impressive total on on sunday and, and best in the field by close to 10 pounds that's a Super impressive feet and a nice feather in the cap, wouldn't you say? Uh, like I said, I still can't believe it happened, buddy. I, I, I'm on <laughs> cloud nine and also trying to be humble as possible. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I know you're a humble guy, so I know you'll keep working hard out there. Uh, but again, Matt, thanks for joining us. Um, any last words before we go? Uh, it's a pleasure being here, guys. I really enjoyed talking with you. Um, I hope I get a chance to do it again soon. Yeah, anytime. Thanks so much for, for coming on, and uh, best of luck to you and, and all your uh, future tournaments. Yeah, I really appreciate that. All right. All well, right. I'll try, I'm going to try to close this out since I was hosting the Go day, ahead. Too. All right. So, hey, thanks for listening, everybody. If you want to subscribe, hit those like buttons. Uh, check us out on YouTube, anywhere that you can find your podcasts, Apple, iTunes, pod bean yep spotify spotify all those good things uh check us out on facebook we got some cool things coming up uh in the works as well with the little cooking stuff and uh what do we call it again wild game kitchen yep and some uh good turkey hunting challenges coming up as well so stick with us the next couple of weeks i think you're going to enjoy the content that we'll be putting out and uh thanks for listening